everybody. Welcome to Busy Living So Bomb. Busy Living So Bomb. Busy Living So Bomb. Episode 190. 190. Crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So today, after having a, a conversation, I, I really felt like I wanted to talk about something. What I want to talk about is being a mom to teenagers and getting through the teenage years, especially when you're a mom and you are an alcoholic and you're like, what am I doing? What am I doing? How am I doing this? And it is so hard. Well, for one, I want to tell anybody that's out there, claps to you because you're a winner if you're listening to this because you obviously want to listen to hear some options of what's good or what's bad and what worked for me. All I can t share with you is my experience, strength, and hope. And um, I don't know if any of this will work for you, but all I can do is share it. And I feel like I had a conversation today that warranted me to talk about this. So all of my list, all the people that have been following me regularly know that I have three kids. So I have three kids and one was born in 96, one was born in 97, and one was born in 99. So now they're older kids. But when they were kids, I was sober, right? So I got sober when my oldest was 10 and then my daughter was um, eight and the youngest one, Henry, was six. So I got sober they, when they were little. And so I was, I was definitely a couple of years in by the time. So I was, I guess I was like five years in when stuff started to happen, when the teenage stuff started to happen. Um, I'm going to preface this with, I had the ability to send my kids to summer camp, which was probably the best thing I ever did because during the summer, I feel like is idle time. And unfortunately right now through the pandemic, I know all of you moms and dads out there can't even send your kids to camp because it isn't even an option. But for me, that was my saving grace because it was stressful. The school year was very, very stressful. I remember being like, that was my best time was when they went to camp because at least for that month, I was like, okay, I can breathe, I can breathe, I can breathe. But when they were in school, I was constantly like, oh my God, what is gonna happen next? What ball is gonna drop? What do I have to watch out for? Um, it was hard, it was hard. I, rem I, I relate to that time of like having my kids on a leash, like one of those leashes that you push the button and you're like, all right, I'll give you a little bit, but then I gotta push it and bring it back. And that's what I had to do. It was constant. I can tell you, I remember one of the first times my son got, my oldest got to that place where he wanted to do things that might not have been, you know, that great, let's just say. Um, and I was going away and I said, and I went, I was just going away for a night, just to, to a beach or something. I wasn't going away for like a long period of time, but I said, if you mess up, I'm going to tell you this, the police know that I'm leaving. And he's, and he was like, oh yeah, sure, mom, you're, 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 you told the police. Well, the ironic thing, and I think square, I call it a God little wink in my life. It was a God wink because the street I live, my street, the street that I raised my kids on is a one way street that the police never come down. But for some reason we were standing out front of my house and all of a sudden down comes a police car and goes around and he was like, you're not kidding. You did call the police. I'm like, yes, 
I did. I called the police to tell them to watch out for this house because I don't trust you. And I know that might not sound good, but it's true. Well, who trusts a teenager when you don't have, when you leave them with an empty house? Not me. So that was like the first time I remember trying to really scare them. And God was definitely on my side sending that police officer. And then I remember him wanting to go to a party, like his first party, which you knew parents weren't going to be there. And so luckily, again, I had a friend who had a, who was Kent's best friend's mom, and she's still one of my close friends. And she's like my age. And I called her and I'm like, oh my gosh, we can't let them go to this party. She's like, I agree. Let's not let them go to the party. And, um, and the craziest part that I think of the whole thing about raising teenagers and getting to this place where they start drinking and doing and picking up certain whatever, they smoke weed. When they, pick, when they start drinking and smoking weed is a crazy time because they go from literally playing with Legos and army men and my daughter with dolls and making make-believe up and doing all this playtime to literally wanting to go out and drink. And it, the, 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 it's like instantaneous. It's like all of a sudden they come down the stairs and they're like little kids. And then the next day they're like these kids that want to go out and party all the time. And you're like, wait a minute, what happened? And I can't speed up with you. And um, it was, it's so hard. I totally get it. I totally get it. So when he, so he didn't get to go to that party he wanted to go to. And then you know, certain things would happen. I know I would go to, then I'd start going to dinner and the, he was older now. Now he's in high school and he, I'd go out for dinner. I'm like, all right, I'll be back in a couple hours. And my neighbor would call me and they'd say, there's 50 kids in your house and they're all partying. And I'd come back and I'd be like, uh, excuse me, uh, what, where'd this beer come? And he'd be like, what beer? What are you talking about? Uh, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, the beer that's out in the shed. Oh, somebody put that there. I'm like, okay, somebody decided to put beer in the sober mom's backyard shed, right? Somebody decided, I was like, yeah, I don't think so. So it was grounded again, grounded again, grounded again. I did a lot of grounding and I have to tell you, grounding is the worst you know, it's not bad for the kids, I don't think. I think the kids go and they play on their Xbox. They probably get better sleep because they're grounded but they constantly come down and harangue you, right? They come down, I don't wanna be grounded. I don't wanna be grounded. I don't wanna be grounded. My friends are going out. Why do I have to stay home? This is so horrible. I can't believe you. You're the worst mom. I hate you. You're the worst mom. Oh my God, I hate you. Oh my God, you're the worst mom in America. I remember them telling me that I was the worst mom in America and how much they hated me. And I remember going, oh my gosh, okay. I'm the worst mom in America. How many moms, American moms are out there that I'm worse than all of them? All of them combined. I was like, that's kind of like a compliment, isn't it? Like I'm the worst mom. I laugh at it now because it's all in the rear view mirror, but going through it, oh my God, it was horrible. It was probably the hardest time of my life was raising teenagers. I never want to go back to that again. It was challenging and it was like 
especially one of my children is like a dog with a bone. They did not stop. It was constant. I want to do this. 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 And I'd come back and I'd say, no, I already told you, no, I want to do this. I want to do this. I said, no, I said, no, I'm, I'm not letting you do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. No, I said, no. And then the screaming and the yelling and the profanity and everything else would go on. And I never let him go. Now, if they snuck out, I have no idea, but I think, I don't think he did because I think he was scared of me. <laughs> he was scared of me. So he wasn't one to, he didn't, uh, he wasn't one that was big into marijuana. But the crazy thing is, is that I always thought that he was like, he's like, you know, he's big and he's, he, th these kids go from being these little kids playing with Legos and then they go in these big bodies and they start to get facial hair and they're going through puberty but they still sometimes play with the Legos and they still sometimes play with the army men and they definitely play video games. And you're like, okay, you're still a little kid and you want to do all these grown up things. So going to college was the big, was a big feat for one. When he graduated from high school, I felt like I'd run a marathon and I won an Ironman and anybody who knows me knows that I don't run and I don't do any of that stuff. So it was like, yes, I made it to the finish line. He graduated from high school. And um, I don't know if any of you moms out there can relate or dads relate to this, but um, it was hard. It is hard being a parent. If anybody told you that it was going to be easy, they lied to you. Anybody who says it's fun all the time lies to you. It is hard to make sure they stay within their like parameters. These are your boundaries. This is what you're allowed to do. And they're going to try anything they can to get over that boundary. They're going to try whatever they can to lie, cheat, do all that stuff. So what do you do? You've got to be firm, firm, firm. And I have to tell you being, I can imagine doing it not sober. I cannot imagine doing it not sober because my, I mean, I, I at least could say, I don't want you to drink. And he couldn't look at me and go, Oh, well you already drink. What are you doing? And I remember thinking that about my parents. I'm like, you don't want me to party. Well, guess what? You party. So why shouldn't I party? And with them, I was like, guess what? I don't party. I don't party like that. I don't go out and drink and do crazy things. I know you do and you're not allowed to and you're not 21. And it would be the fight again, the fight again, the fight again. And having to make this choice of like, all right, if somebody wanted to ask me out on a date, because I definitely wasn't married at that time. And I'd be like, yeah, I can't really go out on a date anywhere far away. I can go down the street for maybe an hour, but that's it. I mean, I literally had to be on my kids. I mean, the end of the day where they are now, it was worth it, but during it was horrible, 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 horrible. Like you're like a police officer, you're a police officer, you're a truant officer, you're like, uh, I mean, you're just everything. It's like you have this humongous job on top of you and it's exhausting and you're dealing with people that are irate and don't want to be told what to do and then they tell you you're stupid, you smell and everything else during it. It's horrible. It's horrible. Oh my God, raising teenagers is the worst. And then the marijuana. Okay, so anyway, I, I got to back up to the big thing. So he graduates from high school and he goes to college and he goes to college and he's walking down the street. And he's walking with a glass of beer in a solo cup. Now, I never thought going off to college, I had to tell you, you can't walk down the street with a solo cup. I guess he, he got in his mind that he definitely could, um, he didn't, couldn't walk with a can. But the solo, red solo cup, he could because it doesn't look like a beer. It could be a lemonade. And again, there, he had, how would he ever know? He never, I never said go to a party where you're going to get a red solo cup. So this is what you should do. I mean, it's not like we tell our kids this. And I remember he got, he got arrested. We didn't get arrested, but he got a ticket.
for being underage drinking. And he was like, oh my gosh, mom, oh my gosh. They had two police officers there because the reality was is that he was so big that the police were like, we're gonna bring two police cars because we don't know what this kid's gonna do. And he was very nice and very cordial. And he was like, I'm sorry, yes, it is a beer. I didn't know I should be walking around with it. It's not a good idea. And he did that and he did that and he got in trouble, but it was a learning exercise. And at that point it was on his, he was at school. So if he gets in trouble, he has to pay for it, which he did out of his, whatever he made on his little part-time job at school. He paid for it himself. And then, you know, the other thing is, is kids don't think. We think because they're in grown up bodies and they look like they're 20 or 40 years old, whatever, girls sometimes, they all look older than they are, right? They look old, but they don't think like a, per a grown up, right? They want to say they're a grown up, but they don't think like a grown up. They don't think like somebody who's like, oh my gosh, I know that if I do this, this might not be good. I know this might not be good. If somebody tells me that I should drink a bottle of vodka that's a handle, that's probably not a good idea. But how do I get away with it? Oh, that's right. I can pour the bottle of vodka down in the sink and fill it up with water because it looks the exact same thing. Kids don't know that. And we don't tell kids when they go to college, by the way, if somebody says to you, drink this clear stuff in this bottle that's alcohol, it's going to make you sick. So go pour it out and pour water in it. They would never think of that because they've never had that life experience. I think that's the one thing we have to remember is that kids don't have life experiences like we parents do. They haven't been around the block a couple of times like some of us have been. Like I definitely was. And I could smell. Because again, I'm an alcoholic. So I was like, I've tried that. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've tried this. I've tried this. I've tried that. You want to get away with it? I can tell you this. I've already done it. And I probably did it better than you'll ever do it. And I'm going to catch you. I swear I'm going to catch you. And I did. I caught him all the time. So that was the one. So then the weed thing comes. Because I've got another child who likes to smoke weed. And I remember... For one, when we were growing up, when I was growing up, I was born in 1968. I graduated high school in 1987. People smoked weed, but it was like, whatever. It wasn't like this gummy bears, these edibles. It's in the brownies. It's in the cake mix. It comes in all these different forms. And I'm like, what is this stuff? And they're like, mom, it's legal. It's legal in California and it's legal in Colorado and it's going to be legal here. And why can't I do it? And I'd be like, uh, because it's against the law here where we live in Pennsylvania. That didn't, they didn't like that answer. No, Bang. don't like that answer, mom. We still want to do it. We still want to do it. And it was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I was like, all right, you're grounded. And it was like, at one point, am I like so sick of being grounded? I'm like, I'm constantly grounded. I'm grounded because if I ground them, I have to make sure that they're grounded, which means that I have to stay home and make sure that I'm watching their asses on the Xbox or on whatever on their phones and listening to them yell at me. But I had to do it. I had to do it. It's following through. It's the biggest thing I can tell you out there in the entire world. Follow through. Even though it hurts you and you want to kill someone, just follow through. Or don't give them a threat that you're not going to follow through with. If you say, if you do this, you're grounded, and they do it, and you don't ground them, oh, my God, they got your number. They can run ragged loose on you. But I started when they were young. I started when they were young. I remember doing it. I remember my oldest got in trouble. I was going to take him. The Phillies had won the World Series. True story. Phillies won the World Series. And then it had been a long time since they had won the World Series, even though I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan. I was living in Philadelphia. And they win the World Series. I say to my son, I'm going to take you to the parade. Well, guess what? That morning, like a kid, he decides, you know what? I'm going to beat up my little brother. 
I was like, well, guess what? You beat up your brother. You're not going to the Phillies parade. Again, I was brand new. I was newly sober at this point. I said, you're not going to the parade. Well, he goes to school. The school calls me. Why is he so sad? He's so sad. I said, well, maybe you should go ask him why he's so sad. He's so sad because he beat up his brother and he's not getting, he's not getting rewarded. Sorry, you're staying home from school. That's the reality. You are not, you're, you're not, I mean, you're not staying home from school. You're staying home from the, I meant to say, he's staying home from the parade. There's no parade. No parade, buddy. We don't give rewards for bad behavior. Cause then down the road, what are you going to, what are you going to be like? Again, was that painful? Was it embarrassing to have the school call me and say, oh my gosh, he's so sad. I'm like, yes. And did I sound like a bitch? Yes, I did. But it was like, what else am I going to do? And it was exhausting, exhausting and setting parameters. And then the drug testing, I got to talk about the drug testing. So then, you know, I'm a sober alcoholic. And so, you know, all these kids go to rehab and you think because they say in society that, you know, kids could have the same disease that you do. I was always honest with them, always honest with them. They knew that I went to AA. They knew that I was sober. They knew all this stuff. They knew it. I always would say to them, do you realize if you go to that tipping point, and you tip it and you become, they say, you can't be a pickle. If you, once you're a pickle, you can't go back to a cucumber. So I'm like, if you've gone to that place where your mother went, they can't drink again because when she has one, she has 47, she has no her cars, you could have the same problem. So you need to be aware, be aware. Once you're a pickle, you can't be a cucumber. So be careful of what you're doing realize that alcoholism is in our family. It is rampant. It's like the tree that is, has vodka bottles falling out. That's what I come from. So I would say to them, you know what? You got to be careful. You got to be careful. And they listened and it skips a generation. You know, this stuff, this stuff totally skips a generation. So I don't know if they had it or they didn't have it, or if it did skip a generation, nobody really knows, but I know this, they have a better chance of being an alcoholic than not being an alcoholic. So beware. So when it came to the weed, They'd walk in the house, you'd know something was up, right? Because your kid who's normally like, hey, mom, what's up? They come in and they go, hey, what's up? And you're like, hmm, you look a little odd. What do you mean, what's up? Are you stoned? And they'd be like, no, I'm not stoned. I'm like, really? Then did you have a aneurysm? Have you had a stroke? What's wrong with you? You are totally not acting like your normal self. And they'd be like, oh, okay, you're right, I am. And I'd be like, oh my God, son, um, um, bitch. Oh my, I, I'm like, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do this. And so then we'd have to do the grounding, the dancing, and all the rest of it. And I remember that buying the drug tests, because of what I used to do formally, I had drug tests in my possession. But I would feel like, I'm like, do we really really have to go to that place that I have to embarrass myself by really doing a test on you. Can't we just be honest? Like, let's just be honest. And so they finally got being, they finally were like honest with me. I don't think they were honest with, with me all the time. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I think that if you give them an inch, they will take a mile. But I think that they did like, it changed the kind of the conversation when you kind of were like, you know what? Let's just, do I really have to go stand and watch you pee in the cup in the bathroom? Or are you just going to tell me the truth? And uh, they got to the place where they started to, uh, to tell the truth. And, you know, they all graduated from high school. But I can tell you this, it was the hardest time of my life. 
teenagers are the hardest things in your entire life. And I tell people all the time, they were upstairs, they come down, they look like them, they smell like them, but your kid is gone until they're like 22. And they become these, these people that you're like, oh my God, what happened to my baby? And um, it's hard. But if you're out there and you're listening to this, I wanna tell you this, don't give up hope. Do not give up hope. Do not let them win. Do not let those kids win. You know, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard staying home with them. It's gonna be hard watching them. It's gonna be hard punishing them and following through with the punishment. Sometimes you have to lock windows. Sometimes you have to sleep with them. Sometimes you have to do these things that are just awful. But I can tell you, for me it worked like dealing with all the punishing and I mean, it wasn't ever physical. It was all just like more like, all right, you're grounded. You're grounded. You're grounded. All right, let's watch a movie. And we really, it ended up at being sometimes bonding times. Cause I watched all the Harry Potter trilogies with them. I watched all the um, star Wars. I've watched star Wars, like numerous, numerous, numerous times to make it fun. I always made popcorn, you know, all my daughter and I love the Disney movies. So we would watch those. My son's the star Wars. We would watch Lord of the Rings. We'd watch all, all that stuff but when we did it gave us like this chance to bond and to be together and it was okay it was okay I like I know now they still do all these things and the problem is kids are gonna be kids and they're gonna do it even I mean they would come home from school and I'd be like oh my gosh you're so bad it's like everybody smokes pot in school mom I'm like okay everybody but if everybody jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge would you it's hard I just want to say that it's hard and especially when you're scared all the time because I was scared all the time because I'm an alcoholic and I didn't want them to be alcoholics and I bet if you're out there and you're listening to this you can totally relate to that it's just scary it's just scary the whole thing is scary and all you want them to do is stay alive and be okay and just graduate from high school please so it's hard I was a little dramatic today on episode 190 I was a little dramatic, but if you have any questions, you can always reach me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busylivingsober.com, B-U-S-Y, livingsober.com. And um, know that you're not alone. That's the other thing. Like, I know we all, are, we like judge ourselves. We think we're horrible parents. We think this, this is so terrible and that it's the end of the world, but I promise you, you will get through this. You will do it. And sometimes it means you just have to take a deep breath, and be like, no means no. No is a sentence. And if you don't like that sentence, I am sorry. But I didn't ask. I didn't sign up to be your best friend. I have a best friend and it's not my kids. So enough ranting from me. Until next time, everybody, keep getting busy, living, sober. Take care.